Welcome to 5 at 8. I'm Mark Overman, and this morning I'm joined by Linda Carlisle. It's Friday, October 13th, 2023. In this episode, we will talk about Zambia's debt restructuring with the IMF, Russian troops launching a major offensive in Ukraine, the use of artificial intelligence to decipher ancient scrolls, Wall Street stock futures and inflation data, and the European Union's investigation into social media platform X for spreading terrorist content and disinformation. Story number one. Zambia is set to sign a Memorandum of Understanding, MOU, on debt restructuring with official creditors, according to the country's finance minister. This is a crucial step towards securing the next round of funding from the International Monetary Fund, IMF, as reported by Reuters. While IMF Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva had previously stated that Zambia had already signed the MOU, Finance Minister Situmbeko Musokotwane clarified that the signing had not yet taken place but would happen soon. Zambia became the first African country to default on its debt during the pandemic, and its debt restructuring process has faced delays. This situation with Zambia, Linda, it's a classic example of how global crises like COVID-19 can exacerbate the already precarious situations that many developing nations find themselves in. It's a tough call, but I think the IMF is doing what it can to help. This MOU could serve as a lifeline for Zambia, allowing them to restructure their debt and hopefully get back on track. Well, Mark, I see where you're coming from, but I have to disagree somewhat. While the IMF's help is certainly necessary, it's also important to note that the process is beset with delays. These holdups can really put a strain on countries like Zambia that are already grappling with economic instability. There's a need for more efficient, streamlined processes. Yeah, I get that, Linda. Delays are inevitably frustrating, but you have to remember, these are complex negotiations we're talking about. It's not just about agreeing on a number, but also about ensuring the long-term sustainability of Zambia's economy. That takes time, you know? I understand that, Mark. But consider this. While these prolonged negotiations are ongoing, the Zambian people are bearing the brunt. It's not just about economic sustainability. It's also about immediate relief and stability. Also, doesn't this situation highlight the structural disparities in the global financial system, where developing countries are often left at a disadvantage? Well, Linda, that's a fair point. It's a complex issue, no doubt. But we can't overlook the fact that these nations also bear some responsibility for their financial situations. They need to, uh, manage their finances more prudently, reduce corruption, and create an environment conducive for growth and investment. The IMF can't do that for them. True, Mark. Countries do have a responsibility to manage their finances. But let's not forget the role of developed nations and international organizations in creating equal opportunities for growth and offering support during crises. It's a shared responsibility, wouldn't you say? Story number two. Russian troops have launched a major offensive on the town of Avdivka in eastern Ukraine, involving around 2,000 troops, armored vehicles, and jets. The general staff of Ukraine, as reported by the BBC, has reported repelling dozens of attacks since Tuesday. Avdivka is seen as a gateway to the city of Donetsk, and capturing it would allow the occupying force to push the front line away. The town has been a symbol of Ukrainian resistance since the conflict in eastern Ukraine began. The attacks have resulted in significant damage to residential areas and infrastructure, with casualties reported. Russia's operations in Avdivka and other parts of the Donbas region are believed to be aimed at fixing Ukrainian forces and preventing them from redeploying to other areas. 
Good to be here, Linda. This news about Avdiivka in Ukraine really hits home the significance of small towns in these conflicts. We've seen this play out in history, like Stalingrad in World War II. These small places sometimes turn into crucial battlegrounds, shaping the course of a much larger conflict. The strategic importance of these towns often gets overlooked. To give an example, Avdiivka's proximity to Donetsk, a key military communications hub, makes it a vital point of control. With the town acting as a gateway to Donetsk, it's clear why the forces are so focused on this area. I mean, Avdiivka has essentially turned into a symbol of Ukrainian resistance and resilience, much like Stalingrad was for the Russians during World War II. And let's not forget the human cost here, Linda. The citizens of these towns are caught in the crossfire having to move into basements for safety. It's a tough situation. The human element can't be overlooked. The anticipation, the fear, the disruption of daily life. It's all very real for the residents. And it's not just about physical safety. There's a psychological toll as well. Imagine the stress of living in a city under constant attack. It's heart-wrenching. Yeah, it's a real rough deal, Linda. And yet in the face of such adversity, these towns often show incredible resilience. Just look at the pictures shared by President Zelensky showing soldiers in Avdivka. It's clear they're not backing down. It reminds me of the Battle of Huey during the Vietnam War, another small city that became a symbol of resistance. That's an apt comparison, Mark. It's clear that these locations become symbols of resistance, embodying the spirit of the people and their determination to fight. It's a powerful message, one that resonates even in the face of such adversity. The resilience of these communities is truly inspiring. Story number three. According to The Guardian, researchers at the University of Kentucky have used artificial intelligence, AI, to extract the first legible word from an ancient scroll that was burned by the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in AD 79. The researchers launched the Vesuvius Challenge earlier this year, offering cash prizes to those who could decipher the contents of the carbonized scrolls. Two computer science students independently discovered the word porphyrac, meaning purple, in one of the scrolls. The team is now working to read the surrounding text and hopes to uncover more information about the ancient library's contents. The Herculaneum scrolls are considered a potential treasure trove for historians and could contain plays, poems, and lost books. There's something incredibly exciting about this Vesuvius challenge, isn't there, Linda? It's like we're at the cusp of a historical breakthrough, all thanks to artificial intelligence. It's, I mean, it's like being able to peek into the past, isn't it? It's as though we're unlocking a time capsule, a window into a world long gone. These scrolls charred by the volcanic eruption of Mount Vesuvius in AD 79 have been unreadable until now. But thanks to AI, we're able to extract legible words from them, and that's... Well, it's a marvel of modern technology meeting ancient history. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi movie plot, right? So, Linda, can you explain a bit more about how this AI technology actually works in deciphering these scrolls? Certainly, Mark. So, the team from the University of Kentucky and others that launched this Vesuvius challenge released thousands of 3D X-ray images of the scrolls and fragments. This is coupled with an AI program that they've trained to read the scrolls' letters based on the subtle alterations the ancient ink made to the structure of the papyrus. It's quite astonishing and shows the immense potential of AI in historical research, doesn't it? It truly does. And, you know, this isn't the first time technology has been used to unravel historical mysteries, right? I mean, we've seen imaging tech used in Egyptian tombs, and computer algorithms even helped decode the Enigma machine during World War II. It's like technology is giving us this 
this new lens to look at history, wouldn't you agree? It's a vivid testament to how technology is reshaping our understanding of history, allowing us to explore the past in ways we could hardly imagine before. And, in this case, it's not just about reading the scrolls, but also reviving a language that has not been spoken or read for centuries. The potential for new insights and discoveries is simply exhilarating. Story number four. Futures for Wall Street's main stock indexes rose as Treasury yields eased and investors awaited crucial inflation data to assess the Federal Reserve's interest rate outlook, as reported by Reuters. The Labor Department report is expected to show consumer prices rising 0.3% in September, with prices predicted to rise to 3.6% in the 12 months through September. The yield on the benchmark 10-year note fell for the third consecutive day, benefiting megacap stocks such as Apple, Alphabet, Tesla, NVIDIA, Meta Platforms, and Amazon.com, .Fed Bank of Boston. President Susan Collins stated that the economy has yet to fully experience the impact of the rate hike cycle and reiterated that the central bank is not finished with rate hikes. Minutes from the Fed's September policy meeting revealed that policymakers were becoming cautious due to uncertainty surrounding the U.S. economy and risks to growth. Traders anticipate a high likelihood of interest rates remaining unchanged in November and December. Could you believe the speculations around the impending inflation data, Linda? Looks like it's stirring up quite the storm in Wall Street. As we know, inflation data is often a key driver for market movements. Investors are closely watching how the Federal Reserve might respond to these figures. If the data shows a significant rise in inflation, it could lead to adjustments in the monetary policy. So, if I'm understanding this right, Linda, if the inflation data shows an uptick, the Fed might increase interest rates, correct? Yes, that's a possibility, Mark. Higher interest rates can help keep inflation in check. But it's a delicate balance because hiking rates too quickly can also slow economic growth. Interesting. And it seems like this balance is something the Federal Open Market Committee, or the FOMC, is also grappling with. The quote from the strategists at Societe Generale about how the centrists on the FOMC are proceeding carefully due to risks caught my eye. The FOMC is always in a tricky position. They have to consider a multitude of factors, from economic data to global events, and even investor sentiment. This is evident from their cautious approach amid the current uncertainties. Speaking of global events, how do situations like the one in Gaza factor into these market movements? I mean, the article mentions that Israel said there would be no humanitarian break to its siege of the Gaza Strip until all its hostages were freed. Great point, Mark. Global events can certainly influence markets. Investors may perceive these events as potential risks and move their investments accordingly. For instance, increased geopolitical tensions can lead to a flight to safety, where investors move funds from riskier assets to safer ones, often impacting yields on treasury notes. And all this speculation and movement has an impact on stock trading too, right? I see that megacap stocks like Apple, Alphabet, and Amazon have seen some shifts in pre-market trading. Yes, Mark. Investor speculation around policy adjustments does impact stock trading. Any potential change in the economic environment, like interest rate hikes, can affect company profits and stock prices. It's a complex web of interconnected factors, each influencing the other. Story number five. The BBC reports that the European Union, EU, has launched an investigation into social media platform X, formerly known as Twitter, 
over allegations of spreading terrorist and violent content, hate speech, and disinformation following the recent conflict between Israel and Hamas. This investigation, the first under the EU's new tech rules, will also examine how complaints are handled. X has stated that it has already removed hundreds of Hamas-affiliated accounts from its platform. The EU has also warned TikTok and Meta, formerly Facebook, for not doing enough to combat disinformation. The investigation is part of the EU's efforts to enforce the Digital Services Act, DSA, which aims to protect users of major tech platforms. Failure to comply with the DSA can result in fines or suspension of services. X has until October 18th to provide details on its crisis response protocol and until October 31st to address other issues. There's no doubt that this EU investigation into X, or Twitter as we used to know it, is a serious wake-up call for social media giants. It's a clear message that the unchecked spread of disinformation, especially during volatile times like the Israel-Hamas conflict, won't be tolerated anymore. This is a significant step under the EU's Digital Services Act, and it sets a precedent that could have ripple effects globally. Social media platforms have immense power in shaping public opinion and discourse. That power necessitates responsibility. We've seen instances in the past where misinformation or hate speech on these platforms has led to real-world violence and unrest. The EU's action signifies the urgency to ensure these platforms are not misused to incite violence or spread hateful ideologies. It's about power and responsibility. But we also need to discuss the practicality of it all. How can these platforms with millions of posts per day accurately identify and remove harmful content? It's a monumental task, and it's going to require significant technological innovation and human moderation. There's also the question of freedom of speech and how these platforms navigate that tricky terrain. It's a complex issue, to say the least. Striking the right balance between ensuring user safety and maintaining freedom of expression is crucial. And as you mentioned, the practicality of enforcing such measures is another challenge. It's not just about creating laws, but making sure they are effectively implemented. This incident also underlines the importance of transparency in how these platforms operate and handle complaints. Right. And the fact that the EU can impose fines up to 6% of a company's global turnover or potentially suspend the service, that's a huge deterrent. It's high time these companies invested more in ensuring their platforms are not being used to spread hate or disinformation. And if that means innovating new ways to moderate content or being more transparent about their operations, so be it. The stakes are high, not just for the companies but for societies at large. The potential harm from uncontrolled spread of violent content and disinformation can be significant. It's a shared responsibility between tech companies, governments, and users to create a safer and more respectful digital space. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.